Today on Parenting News and the Culture War, we're going to talk about critical race theory, what it is, and what Florida is doing about it. And then we're also going to talk about a teacher who stood up to the school board and said, I'm not going to teach that women can be men and men can be women. We're going to see what happened to him. Then another attack from Nickelodeon on our children. We'll talk about that. And also the Dimwits and Darlings, of course, and the YouTube comments from the last episode. So that's all coming right up. Hi everyone, I hope that you enjoyed episode one and we're on to episode two. This is June 14th today, June 14th, 2021. And I have a few things I wanna share with you today. Uh, the culture war uh, is raging and so we wanna talk about that. Critical race theory is a big part of this culture war. I know uh, the sexualization of children, of course, is one of the main battlegrounds, but then there's also the critical race theory. And my last, on the last episode, we had that darling parent who was teaching his child that critical race theory was not something to believe and that all people are to be judged and to be um, considered for other things, not the race. The race is not something to consider. And um, so today I wanted to talk about what critical race theory is. I have three different descriptions of it from three different websites. So I'm gonna read those to you so you get an idea. You might already know what it is, um, but I wanted to read this to you. Uh, this one is from jeffersonkim.com. And it says, critical race theory says that all whites are inherently evil racists and oppressors regardless of what individuals do. It demands whites grovel at the feet of blacks endlessly apologizing for discrimination and white privilege. Even if whites do what it demands, critical race theory continues to denounce them. Now that's a really harsh one, isn't it? But I think it's true when you get down to it. Uh, okay, this one is from hillsdale.edu. Critical race theory is an academic discipline formulated in the 1990s built on the intellectual framework of identity-based Marxism. Relegated for many years to universities and obscure academic journals, over the past decade, it has increasingly become the default ideology in our public institutions. And this one is from the independentsentinel.com. Critical race theory is a worldview that interprets everything through the lens of social and political power dynamics. It is an all-encompassing vision that views all cultural, political, and social institutions as oppressive and requires explicit and continuous anti-racism work, work is in quotes, to meet out its vision for a liberated humanity. Now, the reason I wanted to read that to you is because I wanted, if you don't understand, and, and Basically, I just keep hearing about it, and I hear, hear a lot of different things about it, but I wanted you to kind of have an idea, uh, too. I had to kind of look it up myself to get a, a clearer picture of what it's talking about. Um, but I wanted to say, uh, tell you this because critical race theory, like I said, is part of the battleground. And I wanted to say good job to Ron DeSantis, who's the governor of Florida, because this is a quote from him. Florida civics curriculum will incorporate foundational concepts with the best materials and it is expressly, it will expressly exclude unsanctioned narratives like critical race theory and other unsubstantiated theories, DeSantis said. Let me be clear, there's no room in our classrooms for things like critical race theory. 
Teaching kids to hate their country and to hate each other is not worth one red cent of taxpayer money. So we will invest in actual, solid, true curriculum and we will be a leader in the development and implementation of a world-class civics education. Good for him. So there is some good news, right? And I have, I have some more good news, actually. So I, I don't want to give you just all the bad news about the culture war. I also want to give you good news. So the governor of Florida is saying, in our schools, in this state, we're not going to teach that. So good for him. And that doesn't mean I'm saying it's okay to send your kids to a public school in Florida because I'm not saying that. But <laughs> I do appreciate uh, Governor DeSantis and what he did there. Um, <clears throat> some other good news. I'm going to show you this video clip. And this is of a teacher who stood up to the school board and said, no, I'm not going to teach my students uh, the gender ideology that's being pushed. So let's watch that and then we'll talk about what happened to him. I love all of my students, but I will never lie to them regardless of the consequences. I'm a teacher, but I serve God first, and I will not affirm that a biological boy can be a girl and vice versa because it's against my religion, it's lying to a child, it's abuse to a child, and it's sinning against our God. Okay. Well, I'm going to stamp him a culture warrior in just a minute. <laughs> That's kind of a new stamp I have. I love stamps. I think they're cool. So I hope you like them too. Uh, but I wanted to read what happened to him. A Loudoun County, Virginia elementary school teacher who was placed on administrative leave in May for refusing to affirm transgender identity in children was reinstated by a judge Tuesday. Byron Tanner Cross, who teaches physical education at Leesburg Elementary School, secured a temporary injunction from Judge James Plowman in his lawsuit against Loudoun County Public Schools, according to an announcement from Alliance Defending Freedom, which defended him. Now, this was breaking. Tanner Cross, a Virginia elementary school teacher and Alliance Defending Freedom client, and, and Alliance Defending Freedom comment, uh, client, who was suspended for raising concerns to the board about a proposed gender policy, has won a temporary injunction, injunction and the judge has ordered his reinstatement. A massive victory for freedom of speech. That's awesome. So, hey, there's some battles won. Now, of course, this is a temporary injunction, so hopefully that will go through as permanent. We'll see what that we'll see what happens. Kind of keep I'll keep up on that. Um, okay, so in the last episode, I also um, asked someone to if they knew where the link was to the video of that girl, that young girl explaining to other children about the different sex flags, aka pride flags, and what they all mean. Uh, if you would send me that link so that I could see where it was. And you know what? It was on Blue's Clues. I didn't even realize it had been on Blue's Clues. Of course, I don't watch Blue's Clues. And I made very plain last time, you shouldn't let your children watch it either. Um, but uh, I want to thank Daniel Walker, who sent me that link. He put that in the description uh, or in the comments below the last video. So, hey, if you want to see that, video I described so you can see what I was talking about, that girl explaining the different sex flags, that's where you can get it. Go to episode one in the comments and Daniel Walker put the link for me. So there it is. Um, so actually, I just want to say Blue's Clues is just a big nope. No more Blue's Clues. But Blue's Clues isn't the only thing that's a problem. Nickelodeon as a whole is a problem, and I'll tell you why. There's another... Um, 
show on Nickelodeon called Rugrats. Now, <clears throat> I've never watched Rugrats. I don't know if you guys have or if you let your children watch that. I remember seeing it a long time ago for the first time, just seeing a picture of it, you know? I didn't care for the characters in the way they looked, really, so I was like, and I didn't like the, the name of it, Rugrats. I didn't like that. So I just thought, eh, I'm not interested in even seeing what that is. So I have never watched one single episode of that. But it's on Nickelodeon. And uh, I read an article that says now they have a lesbian, a single lesbian mom. And also, Nick News has is pushing the drag queen again. So it's not only on Blue's Clues, the culture situation pushing certain agendas. It's also on Nickelodeon. Uh, I mean, on uh, Rugrats. And then on Nickelodeon, Nick News. So Nick Jr. Um, is where they have, uh, they have this news program for kids or something. So um, one of the clips I'm going to show you is pushing environmental systemic racism. Is, is pushing that idea on children. So let's watch that clip. Oh, the thick soot that pollutes Pahokee, Florida. There's Cancer Alley, which is an area along the Mississippi River in Louisiana that's lined with oil refineries and air so toxic in New York South Bronx that 20% of children have asthma. What do these cities have in common? They're all examples of environmental racism, a form of systemic racism, where minority and low-income communities are surrounded by health hazards because they live near sewage, mines, landfills, power stations, major roads. In Philadelphia, it's hazardous waste. In San Carlos, Arizona, it's a mining project that would dishonor an Apache sacred site. But it has never been more devastating and harmful than in Duplin, North Carolina where, believe it or not, the number of hogs outnumber the number of residents. Okay, so that's Nick News. Now, why are they doing it? I know why they're doing it. They're pushing the culture belief system of environmentalism and, and um, systemic racism on the kids. That's what they're doing. And they're suggesting that because... Um, people who are in minorities happen to live around um, like, like a hog farm, somehow that's racism. Uh, because did, uh, here, here's the thing. If you want to compare that to, let's say, the Warsaw Ghetto, you know, during World War II, that was racism. Okay, that was systemic. It was in the system, in other words the governmental system, and they got all the Jews together and they put them in the neighborhood and then they didn't allow them to leave. And then they starved them and abused them and that kind of thing. Okay. That's not what's happening here. Okay. This, this is not systemic racism that these people live here and there's a hog farm or any other, any other kind of any other kind of situation. At the end of this, I don't I, I didn't show the clip with the woman at the end after that clip I was showing. She comes in and they interview this woman and she says when I grew up, uh, I moved out of there. Well, how can you move out of there if if it's a racist system that keeps you there? How could you move out of there? Uh, clearly there's nowhere in the, in the United States law that I know of that says anybody can't move wherever they want to. 
Uh, they don't have to stay in a city that they're in. They can move anytime they want to. So how is it racism? And the fact that there's a hog farm that has more hogs in the town than people, so what? That's because it's a huge hog farm. Probably people don't want to live near it because it probably smells bad. So there aren't as many residents. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> that isn't that isn't systemic racism. And to teach children that it is makes them, again, this critical race theory thing, see everything, where people live, the way it smells in their town, <laughs> all of it is racist. That's, that's ridiculous. So it's another one of those pushes in the culture war, pushing those ideas on our children. And so Nickelodeon, you know what? You're just a mess. That's what you are. Uh, there was another clip that I'm going to show you, and this is the drag queen explaining the, dra the um, pride colors and what they mean on the pride or sex flag. And uh, again, is this appropriate? Is that, is that necessary? No, it's not. Here's a clip. It's pride, everybody. Every color on the pride flag is a symbol in the sky. Pride. And I'm proud to be me every time that I see that pride flag waving high. Red means life because living is a gift. Orange means healing and we have to persist in working to heal the world and healing ourselves. Yellow means sunlight cause you gotta shine bright. Green means nature and we gotta fight to keep our earth a thriving home for life. Doesn't it just fill you with pride? Showing who you are on the inside. Wave that pride flag up high. Be true to you. Working together, purple means spirit, believing you have the power and strength within yourself to do whatever you dream. Maybe blue, pink, and white represent transgender people because every letter in LGBTQ plus is equal, and black and brown represent the queer and trans people of color. Doesn't it just fill you with like I said? How is it appropriate in any way for a drag queen, which is a burlesque show for men or a burlesque character for gay men, how is that in any way appropriate in any way, that alone? Then on top of that, for Nickelodeon to push this agenda on the kids, teaching them about the different kinds of sexual orientations, sex behaviors of other people and then a flag that has all these representatives all this why is any of this necessary unless there's an agenda behind it for the kids okay it's clear that there is so Nickelodeon is a big nope no more Nickelodeon so now we're going to get to the dimwits and darlings Today, I want to show you a clip of a woman. Her name is Sarah, and she is teaching her infant son that white men are a problem in society, basically. And of course, he's an infant at this point, but clearly you can see her attitude. And I just want you to watch it. So just take a look. Hi there, my name is Sarah. This little cutie is my son, Bennett. 
As you can see, my son is a white male. So here are some books that I bought to help prevent him from growing up to be awful. Starting out strong, we have C is for Consent. Um, pretty self-explanatory, but it's a picture book that goes into detail about consent with your body, with family. Along that same note, we have Will Ladybug Hug. Teaches the same kind of concept and in a more childish way about a ladybug who um, is hugging his friends. He even has one friend who doesn't like hugging. So... This one is called Only For Me, also same concept, teaching kids about consent and things that feel comfortable with their body. Because I'm raising a feminist, we've got A is for Awesome, 23 Inspirational Women. Next we have I Clean Like Daddy. There's even a page in the end where the whole family is cleaning together to show that it's not just mom and sister's job. Finally, we have Except When They Don't, a book about um, boys and girls liking whatever they want, regardless of their gender. Clearly this mom is a dimwit mom. And I feel sad saying that because... Clearly she is a messed up in her thinking. I think she's probably been hurt in some way in her life, maybe more than once, maybe several times. And now she has a bad attitude toward her own son. You can see right away, she's like, I am so disappointed he's a white male. Now how's her son gonna grow up feeling that? She, he's gonna be able to feel that from his mother, right? Right off the bat. So she is choosing books to read to her son that are pushing this agenda on him. Now, of course, he's a tiny, tiny little guy, but how's it going to get any better? It's not. It's going to get worse. Um, so let's, let's think about what she said. First, she said that she doesn't want him to grow up to be awful. You know how offensive that is? That's so offensive. I have seven boys and I have two grandsons. And they're all white males. So, you know what? Any child can grow up to be awful. It doesn't matter their race. It doesn't matter their gender. They can grow up to be awful. Awful because they aren't taught to behave. They aren't taught good values and that kind of thing. It doesn't have anything to do with being a white male. But she's categorizing him as a problem. He's just an innocent little baby. <laughs> she's categorizing him as a problem right from the beginning. He hasn't done anything, and he's already going to probably be a problem unless she indoctrinates him against being awful. That is a sad, sad situation, and I really do feel sorry for him. Um, so she is actually the racist and the sexist in this scenario, isn't she? She's taking an innocent child and suggesting that because he is white and because he is male, he's going to be awful unless she fixes it. That is totally racist and sexist, if I ever heard, one, heard it before. Okay, she's also trying to erase his masculinity, right? She is teaching him that women are better than men. And of course, if that's what he grows up thinking, it would be reasonable for him to want to be a woman, wouldn't it? Because women are better than men, and he doesn't want to be a man. Uh, so her attitude is going to permeate her interactions with her son and therefore is going to indoctrinate him. And I just feel so sad for him. I, I kind of feel sad for her too. But she's got resentment and anger and she's going to instill a constant inferiority complex on this child when he didn't do anything to deserve it. So some of the books that she, she is showing her son, she's saying she's doing this great thing as a mom to teach her son better. And so she's got these books. 
C is for consent and will ladybug hug and only for me. These are all books I haven't read. I, I have to tell you, I haven't, I haven't read them. But in the culture today, in the culture war, consent is really about sex also. That word has been used in the culture war about sex. So if you consent, then sex is okay. That's really what it's about. I know this is talking about hugging and somebody touching you. Of course I want... Of course, you guys are smart people. I mean, you know that we want to teach our children not to allow someone to touch them in a way that is inappropriate. Sure. Yes, we do. But you know what? She is she is going to be pushing this agenda of that word consent and the way the word's used. Now, uh, who is it? Michael Knowles. He has a book coming out called Speechless, and I'm really anxious to read it. Um, because he talks about how the left uses language to win the war, in the culture war, how, how language is used. And this is one of the ways. Using the word consent to say, if two adults consent, then anything they do is okay between them as long as they consent. There's no morality here. And so really, even though I know the, the intent here isn't that, that's really what's going to end up to be. Consent about everything's okay. So what if then a child is young and doesn't really know better, kind of doesn't feel comfortable, but feels a little bit pressured, and so then consents. Consents to being touched or having the picture taken or whatever. Then it must be okay because there's consent, right? No, you teach them that this is not right, period. Not if they feel this way or they feel that way. Whatever they feel is irrelevant. They should not be consenting to anything about a, an adult touching them in an inappropriate way. And so just to say, if you consent, it's okay. And if you don't consent, it's not okay. That's not the, that's not the message. The message is tell them no, period. That's it. Okay, so N should be for no, not C for consent, right? <laughs> that, should be the, that should be the title of the book. N is for no. All right. And then she says, because I'm raising a feminist. Okay, so because she's raising a feminist, which what does feminist mean? There's a whole lot of different things that that can mean. So uh, I can assume what she means by feminist is because of the other things she said, women are better than men feminist. That's the kind of feminist she seems to be. And men are awful unless they're taught better, but women aren't, clearly. <laughs> So that's a, that's a problem. So A is for awesome. This is a book about 23 inspirational women. Now, this is a son. Why doesn't she find a book about 23 inspirational men? Since he is a boy, he is going to grow up to be a man. Why not find 23 inspirational men that he can look up to? Again, she's pushing an agenda on him. I clean like daddy. Now there's nothing wrong with cleaning like daddy. I mean, it's fine. I have, like I said, I have seven boys. All of them clean the house. I have two boys still at home. They still have their chores. They clean the house. I clean the house. We all clean the house. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not the point. See, there's an agenda behind it. The agenda is that men don't have men roles and women don't have women roles. And not that I'm saying that women are the only ones that can clean houses, like I just said, that's not true. 
any anyone could clean the house and everyone should help. But that's not her goal. See, she's got an agenda be behind everything she's teaching her son. And that's what the problem here is. So it's just indoctrination about gender roles. Except when they don't. That was the next one. So girls and boys can play with any kinds of toys. Now, you know what? I've heard a lot about this. Have you guys heard this a lot? I mean, I would like you to put in the comments below if you've had any experiences like this. But I'm going to tell you what. I'm in my 50s. I've been a mom for over 30 years. Uh, and I've been, so I've been around a lot of parents and a lot of children. I've been the mommy answer lady for a couple years now. And I was a mentor for moms, which was another thing with parents and their kids. And I have never in all of the time I've been with all of the children and their parents seen a time when there's a parent who says to a child, you can't play with this toy because you're a boy or you're a girl. I've never seen that happen. <laughs> I keep hearing in the culture war that there's some problem like that. Like there's somebody going around here and there teaching parents or children you can't play with certain toys because you're a boy or because you're a girl. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. It's another one of those scare tactics thrown out in the air that everybody's supposed to believe. It's not true. The truth is boys just like to play with trucks and if they get the access to guns and can play cowboys and Indians, oh no, that's horrible, cowboys and Indians. That's, like, that's the worst. Uh, you know, cops and robbers, they have guns, oh no. Um, boys just like to do that because they're boys and there's a difference between generally, of course, generally, we all have to speak in general terms because there's always anomalies. There's always people who do something a little different than the norm. That's fine. But boys generally want to play with those kinds of toys. Nobody has to teach them that. They just do. And nobody, nobody teaches girls to want to play with the dolls and, and the cookware and, and that Nobody teaches them that. They just like it. They just want to do it. And that's fine. I was thinking to myself, poor Sarah's little boy here. He, what if he picks up a truck and he wants to play with it? He'll probably have a bunch of dolls that his mom will give him to play with. And that's probably the way it'll be. But let's say they go to some event and they're in a nursery or whatever. And he's like four or five years old. And, uh, and she is sitting there with the other moms and her son sees a truck and he runs over to the truck and he starts zooming across the floor. What's she gonna be, appalled? I mean, I know she says they can play with any toys they want, but I don't think that's really, from you look at all the other things she's got here and the other indoctrination she's doing, I don't think that's true. I think she wants him to play with dolls because she wants him to be a feminist. She wants him to be a uh, woman because women are better and men aren't men aren't as good in her mind. That's what she's thinking So, you know what? There's not an epidemic That we have to put a book out to tell children that they can play with any toys they want There's not that's just more of the culture war attacking our children's minds and trying to make them think there's nothing wrong There's nothing different between men and women and there is There just is right? Okay, so I have to, unfortunately, I feel sad to do this because I think this woman's been hurt a lot in her life, but I have to stamp her a dimwit parent. She just is. So I hope we learn from this. 
Okay, now we're gonna go on to the darling parent. And I actually have two darling parents this time because I saw them both in the same sort of same video and then I found separate videos of them, so I'm gonna just show clips of that. Um, these are women uh, who are moms standing up to, or I think one of them might be a grandma, actually. <laughs> so if she's a grandma, then she's been a parent too, so. Um, standing up to the school board about critical race theory. And so I just wanna play a clip for you. My name is Keisha King. I'm a mom of two, one who's in the Duval County Public School System and one in private school thanks to school choice. I'm also a member of Moms for Liberty, uh, representing thousands of parents. Just coming off of May 31st, marking the 100 years of the Tulsa riots, it is sad that we are even contemplating something like critical race theory, where children will be separated by their skin color and deemed permanently oppressors or oppressed in 2021. That is not teaching the truth, unless you believe that whites are better than blacks. I have personally heard teachers teaching CRT, and we have had an assembly shut down because Duval County Public School System consultant thought it would be a great idea to separate students by race. This is unacceptable. CRT is not racial sensitivity or simply teaching unfavorable American history or teaching Jim Crow history. CRT is deeper and more dangerous than that. CRT and its outworking today is a teaching that there is a hierarchy in society where white, male, heterosexual, able-bodied people are deemed the oppressor and anyone else outside of that uh, status is oppressed. That's why we see corporations like Coca-Cola asking their employees to be less white, which is ridiculous. I don't know about you, but telling my child or any child that they are in a permanent oppressed stat uh, status in America because they are black is racist and saying that white people are automatically above me, my children or any child is racist as well. This is not something that we can stand for in our country. And don't take it from me, look at the writers of these types of uh, publications. Our ancestors, white, black and others hung, bled and died right alongside each other to push America towards that more perfect union. If this continues, we will look back and be responsible for the dismantling of the greatest country in the world by reverting to teaching hate and that race is a determining factor on where your destiny lies. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Okay, so remember how I talked to you about how I think the only way that we're going to be able to fight back is to speak up? Good for uh, Keisha King is her name. Good for her. She spoke up. Good for her. I stamp her a darling parent. And I'm going to add this woman too. She's from China, or she was from China, obviously. And I want you to listen to what she says. I have I've been very alarmed about what's going on in our school. You are now teaching, training our children to be social justice warriors and to loathe our country and our history. Uh, growing up in Mao's China, all this seemed very familiar. The uh, communist regime used the same critical theory to divide people. The only difference is they use class instead of race. During the Cultural Revolution, I witnessed students and teachers again turn against each other. We changed school names to be politically correct. Um, we were taught to denounce our heritage. The Red Guards destroy anything that is not communist. Old uh, statues, books, and anything else. <clears throat> we are also encouraged to report on each other, just like the uh, Student Equity Ambassador Program and the Bias Reporting System. This is indeed the American version of the Chinese communist, the Chinese Cultural Revolution. The critical race theory has its roots in cultural Marxism. It should have no place in our schools. 
she is really giving a warning that we need to heed. I hope that you all can share this video because I really want people to see what she says about what's happened in China. She is definitely what I would call a darling parent. Okay, so now I'm going to read some of the YouTube comments from the last um, episode of Parenting and the Culture War. Um, Sarah says, shame on Blue's Clues, that's disgusting, and that dimwit parent made me so embarrassed for her, but that dad and his daughter are the most awesome. I agree, Sarah. All right, uh, let's see, Old Kid Porter, love this, can't wait for more episodes. It's so nice to have these views shared. Thank you, Old, old Kid Porter, I appreciate that. Uh, looks like you're on the same page with me. Um, then my friend Lisa, now she actually wrote um, a question and her question was about what to do about her preschooler who whenever he plays, he makes a huge mess all over the place. And so I'm not going to read that whole thing because I left a message for her that said um, what to do about that. So if you want to know what to do about that, go in the comments in episode one. Uh, then Daniel Walker is the one, of course, who sent me the uh, um, link, which I really appreciated, of the girl who was um, doing the sex flags and all that. So I appreciate that, Daniel Walker. I want to say one more thing before we end here. Somebody said something about that I wasn't wearing a ring. I never wear my ring. My husband and I, both of us, we just don't wear our rings. Um, it's not because we're having any problems or anything like that, so... <laughs> No worries. Uh, I just don't because it sticks out and it gets hooked on things and I'm just busy and and you know what? It's it's fine. Everybody knows I'm married. I've been married for over 30, uh, 36 years. 37 years. I think 37 years. I don't know. We were born in, or we, we were married in 84, so whatever that is. But anyway, all is well. If you don't see a ring, it means nothing. I'm married and we're happy, so. There you go. <laughs> so that's the end of this episode. Parents, I just want to remind you, we can win this. I will see you next time.